Hey guys, welcome back to 20-something. This is the podcast where we make conversations about self-development more fun because we're in our 20s and life is not that serious. This week, I'm recording this kind of impromptu. I just wanted to sit down and talk to you guys for a little bit this week instead of doing a more formal episode. I'm recording on a Sunday. I will argue with anyone about this. Sundays are the best day of the week, hands down. I love Sundays so much. It's such a reset in my week after I feel like Monday to Friday is go, 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 running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I usually try to batch my any social plans, catching up with friends or date night for Friday and Saturday. So that Sunday I leave open. I don't make social plans on Sundays. Sundays are my day to myself to be productive, to do podcast stuff, to get chores done, run errands, overall to get my life in order for the upcoming week. I also take Sundays to do a longer version of my self-care routine, to do all the self-pampering things that I don't have time for during the week. So when I think about Sundays, like it's just such a pillar in my week that feels like a breath of fresh air. It feels like an exhale. Usually I let myself sleep in a little bit later. I'll wake up around eight, stretch, and then I pretty much grab my water and go straight to the gym. I'm super lucky that I go to the gym in my in my building so it's as easy as like throwing out throwing on my workout clothes as soon as I get up taking the elevator down to the sixth floor and my gym is right there lately this sounds psycho but I've been experimenting lately with leaving my phone in my apartment when I go to the gym I don't even take my phone with me which means no music no podcast as I'm working out the reason is I just hate for me, it's a mechanism to avoid that habit of like scrolling on your phone in between sets. It makes my workout take up so much more of my day for no reason because I'm not actually spending that time being active. And overall, I just want to spend less time on my phone. So I leave it in my apartment. And apart from reducing screen time, I've actually started to like it. I've kind of fallen in love with it because there are a couple other things that happen when I go to the gym without my phone. First is that Because I don't have music or a podcast going on to distract me from whatever exercise I'm doing, mind-muscle connection is so much better. And mind-muscle connection is something that's so hard to... It is so hard to work on. Like, it just takes years to work on. You have to be very conscious of what's happening in your body and your mind at the same time to try to, like, improve that skill. This just felt like an easy fix that if I eliminated the distractions that were happening during my workout... Immediately, like I have nothing else to focus on. Say I'm doing a squat. I have nothing else to focus on other than the squat that I'm doing in that moment. I find that maybe it's a placebo effect, but my body has the impression that the exercises are doing more for my muscles and I'm getting more from my workout without having the distractions around me happening simultaneously. I always start my workout the same way. I start it by warming up my muscles, usually with bodyweight exercises or a little like 10-minute Pilates flow. I try to perfect my form before I lift heavy. So again, squats being the example, I'd rather start with squats or squat pulses with no weight to tap in to the connection between my brain and my body and perfect my form before I go to the squat rack and start lifting heavy. The past couple weeks, I've been doing a lot more stretching. I used to stretch like quickly beginning, end of a workout, 
um, but not, not nearly long enough for it to actually be effective. Now I try to spend more time stretching either at the end of my workout or if I'm in a rush, I'll leave it for the evening before I go to bed. I usually do gym before work on the weekdays. So sometimes I am a little bit rushed and don't have time for a full stretch, but it makes me feel a lot less sore and tense when I wake up the next morning after a hard workout. I also feel like in my mind, what's happening when I'm stretching is I'm elongating my muscles. So it makes me feel more lean. Again, maybe this just is a placebo effect, but it feels really good. Then when I get back from the gym, I will meditate and I'll make coffee. I'm not one of those people who do intense, like sit in a quiet, dark room for an hour and think about nothing. I can't do that maybe one day, but I'm not at that level yet. I use the Superhuman app to meditate and I cannot tell you how much I love this app. Superhuman is a meditation app. It's by a girl named, her name is Mimi Bouchard. She's a lifestyle, used to be health focused. Now she's a broader lifestyle influencer, I guess. And she has this meditation app that is, it's definitely curated towards women. Like it's very, it's very feminine in the meditations on there, but they almost feel more like affirmations said to really calming music, or sometimes it's just the music, like at certain frequencies and they're themed. So you can scroll through the categories on the app and I'll click like meditation for confidence while getting ready in the morning. There are seated meditations for wealth and abundance there are she literally has like legs up a wall meditation like med- music to play as you're doing your leg drain which could not be built more perfectly for me but there are these little meditations or like snippets of audio and affirmations that align very much with the goals i have so like she's also very focused on wealth and abundance money like success in business but then on the other side there are ones about confidence and beauty and body and physical health so Superhuman is an app that I'm like comfortable spending money on. It is a little bit pricey. It gets something like maybe $30 a month for the year. It comes down to like two, $300 for a meditation app. That's it's on the higher end, but I could not live without it. I use it every single day. I get so much use out of it and it makes me really happy. So I love that. Once I do a little meditation or I might do it as I'm making my coffee, um, I'll make my coffee Uh, And it's important for me, this is something I do consciously, I only have coffee after a few hours after waking, so for me I have it after the gym. The reason being is I don't want to rely on coffee to wake up. I want to let my body wake up naturally, and once I've woken up naturally, then I can have coffee because I like the taste and the smell, and it gives me a little extra boost of energy, but I try not to use it as a replacement for my body naturally waking itself up. I'll also have, at this point, my probiotic in the morning. It's important to take your probiotic on an empty stomach, not too, too soon before food. So I have it in the morning while I'm still fasting because I usually don't. I don't eat in the mornings. I usually have a late breakfast, brunch, or just wait until midday. The rest of the morning, I spend running errands. I meal prep lunches for the week, doing things around the house. I usually tidy up my apartment on Sundays also or do like a a deeper clean dinners if I'm home I'll cook dinner for myself every night with the exception of nights that I'm still in the office but I love to cook dinners because that's the only me time that I really get to myself to wind down during the week again otherwise my days are pretty go 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 so I'll, I'll meal prep my lunches to take to the office and then I always on a Sunday afternoon will sit down and plan my upcoming week I go over work schedule and I go over 
to-dos, important meetings that week. I'll roughly map out also what needs to be done for the podcast and on what days. At least for myself, I've definitely felt that assigning tasks to each day is so much more effective than just having one long to-do list of things that I need to get done. If I don't give myself that deadline of like what day things need to be done, then to-do list items just start to pile up and they get pushed back and it doesn't work. So instead I assign on Sundays the tasks that I'm going to do each day of that upcoming week because it completely eliminates the decision of what should I do today when I wake up in the morning. Like I already have it planned out. I know what needs to get done when. It just streamlines it. So I like that a lot. Sundays too, this is this is such a weird little self-care thing, but I like to spend a longer time on Sundays reading the business news. So any editions of Morning Brew that I've slacked on during the week, usually Morning Brew is the only business. It's the main business newsletter that I read, along with a couple of other crypto ones. Sometimes I like to do this either if I'm sitting for coffee or I'll do it on my phone while I'm on a walk. So I'll read a newsletter or I'll listen to a podcast as I'm on my walk. I like to multitask movement with learning. So again, either a podcast or reading something like The Brew. The kind of cardio that I do is very light. I do zone two cardio most days. Lifting five times a week gets my heart rate up enough. So I use walking just as a supplement to keep my body active for a greater portion of the day. Zone two cardio is also important to lean out your muscles. I like to go on these like light walks to stretch out my muscles and, and make sure that they don't like tense up too much. It also serves as my time to think. If I'm not reading something or listening to a podcast, I'll just walk in complete silence and try to pay attention to what's going on around me. I think that quiet time is when a lot of ideas happen for me. Like that's when you ruminate. Because if I'm listening to something or I'm talking to people at work or I'm on my own listening to a podcast, I actually don't have the silence to think through the things that are coming up into my head. So I like that a lot. A lot of my ideas for podcasts have come from just being silent on walks or a lot of, not epiphanies, that sounds so cheesy, but just realizations, like you kind of see things through a clearer lens. When you take a step back from whatever you're doing, go outside, get fresh air and walk, you actually start to see things very clearly. The evenings on Sundays for the rest of my day, I'll often bake something healthy. Baking for me is therapy. It's something I've loved since I was really little. I started baking sweets because I have such a huge sweet tooth. When I was really young, I think one of the reasons I love cooking and baking so much is that it gives me something to do with my hands. And it also doesn't involve me staring at a screen. So having gone through a schooling program and now in a job that is largely focused on me having to use my brain and me staring at a screen, I like in my free time to do things that are the opposite of that. So things like going to the gym, walking, baking, my brain can shut off and take a rest and I can use my body or my hands to do something productive and it also gives my eyes a break from staring at my work phone or my screen which can get really tiring and is actually very bad for your health like you your eyes start to feel tired after seven eight hours of staring at a laptop and if you push it further and simultaneously you're not getting a lot of sleep it's just so 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 bad for your brain and can make you so tired i try to take breaks when i can even during the work days i find that if i get into flow state and get a ton done in four hours, then I'll try maybe once or twice during the day to take like a 10 minute walk. I'll literally just go to the bottom of my building. Luckily, I'm right by the river. So I'll go onto the river walk and just walk up and down for 10 minutes and then go back to the office. And that makes such a huge difference in the in the energy levels that I feel throughout the day. Baking something healthy is that I love doing that on Sundays. 
I think you can still be healthy and be a foodie. That's important to remember. Having a consistently healthy diet as a way of life becomes actually pretty easy when you find healthy foods that you love and when you find little ways to treat yourself or have better for you alternatives um, and still get to enjoy like the desserts that you like best, for example. That's how you end up actually sticking to a habit like that. I spend so much time finding the nutritious foods that I love and that make me feel my best that I could never see myself not being healthy because I don't know, I just love the way that I eat and I love the way that I move. It makes me feel good. But it did take some time getting smart about little swaps to make when I'm baking, for example, or when I'm buying snacks. The ones I use most often for sweets, I use monk fruit sweetener or stevia instead of sugar. Sugar is like the number one thing that will destroy your health. I'll use almond flour instead of wheat flour. If you're looking to cut carbs, almond flour is amazing because it's it's higher in protein and has relatively little carbs. The one thing with that is you can't completely sub it. Let's say you're making, I don't know, let's say you're making brownies, banana bread or something like that. I would do one-to-one ratio of regular flour and almond flour. Otherwise, it, it doesn't stick, like it doesn't hold very well. I'll sub plain Greek yogurt instead of using butter to reduce the fat and add some protein to things. Also, like drastically, that's the big one that drastically reduces the calorie count in things that you bake is switching to Greek yogurt and not using butter because butter and oil is just one of the most dense types of food in terms of energy, like the most dense in calories. And then if I'm making anything with chocolate, I use darker chocolate instead of milk chocolate. That's my personal favorite. I I love dark chocolate. It also happens to be more natural and less sweetened so there's naturally less sugar in it and little to no dairy compared to milk chocolate that's really overly sweetened another area of my health this is something that i've started very recently to put more focus towards i kind of neglected it for most of my life until now but i've been putting more effort towards my hair care so keeping my hair healthy my hair has always been very long but the longer that it gets the ends of your hair will start to break very easily or start to get split ends depending on how often you go for a trim. So I'm starting my hair repair journey decidedly and just want to put a lot of attention towards keeping it as strong and thick and healthy and luscious as possible. I just bought Olaplex, which I know some people say that Olaplex completely changes their hair and saves it from damage. Others aren't too happy with it. What I've noticed is that people who buy just the shampoo and conditioner set tend not to like it a ton i've heard really good things from anyone who's used their products more like the the bond builder and the oils the reason i was confident that it was going to work is that they the whole thing about their products is they have a patented technology that builds back the protein in your hair it like builds back the bonds in your hair and it's this it's an ingredient that literally no other company can can use in their products because it's patented by olaplex like they developed it themselves so far i like it even when i put it on my hair like delayed effects aside just the act of putting it on my hair i feel like reduces the frizz a lot and makes it look like makes my hair look a lot more polished which is something that I struggle with because I, if I leave my hair natural, my hair genuinely looks like a lion's mane. Like it looks like a lion's head of hair. It's this weird mix between wavy and curly and it's very thick and it just like fluffs up. So I like that it kind of makes my hair look a little bit more polished, especially when I'm going into the office. Couple other hacks for hair health. 
One is always sleeping on a silk pillowcase. I only have one silk pillow. One of my pillowcases is silk, so I need to stock up on a few more because I have 10,000 million pillows on my bed. But a silk pillowcase, if it's like genuine silk, not something off of Amazon, like like get a high quality silk pillowcase, reduces the damage that happens on your hair during the night because you spend you know somewhere between six to eight hours probably lying in your bed rolling around on your hair and it can cause a lot of damage if your hair is rubbing against like a cheap quality pillowcase scrunchies only if you're tying up your hair harsh hair bands will so quickly cause dents and break your hair apart so only use scrunchies i actually go a step further than this like i'll use scrunchies if i have to tie my hair up but for the most part i try to leave my hair down or put it in a loose braid to reduce breakage also don't sleep on wet hair that breaks it a lot and in general i'm trying to remind myself to use less heat like in general i'm trying to be more gentle with my hair so i'm wearing mine down and natural more of the time and i think this is a theme like when it comes to hair skin physique everything i want to be more gentle with myself if you're nice to your body it's going to reciprocate with your skin for example you have to be gentle in the way that you treat your skin and the way that you touch it if you want it to look the way that you want your skin's delicate I'm trying to take more time doing my skincare routine to let the product seep into my skin and do their thing before I move on to whatever the next product is. I'm, I don't want to be picking at it or touching it or pulling at it or rubbing it too hard. I'm just trying to let it breathe, take no makeup days every once in a while and not feel the need to cover it and just feel more comfortable in my natural state and to be, again, to be gentle with my body. The same applies with things outside of skin. Like if you treat your body with hate, it'll hate you back. Being gentle with your body, like for me, means not stuffing it with food that's bad for me, Um, anything that'll make me sick or inflamed. It means eating nourishing foods that are going to do good things for my body, trying not to forget to eat, not drowning myself in alcohol and drugs or anything that would take away from my mental clarity or inhibit my ability to be aware of what's happening around me in the present. I'm trying to exercise in ways that feel good, ways that make me feel more energized after my workout and not completely drained. Like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't push yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a difference between pushing yourself in a way that makes you, for example, in the gym, there's a difference between pushing yourself in a way that makes you sweat and pant and gives you an adrenaline rush and makes you feel accomplished and gives you mental clarity in a good way versus doing workouts that you genuinely hate and that are too hard for you just because you think that it'll make your body look better. You cannot hate yourself into a better body. Your body's gonna grab onto that energy and it's never gonna look the way that you want. I'm very conscious right now too that work has been a huge part of my life lately, the biggest, and it's easy to get wrapped up in work and to neglect your health, to forget to go to the gym, um, to forget to eat, etc., to be staring at a screen for 12 hours a day and not moving. So that's also requiring my attention, but there are a few things that I've picked up and have been doing consciously. The first is at least once every hour, I stand up from my desk to go make coffee or take a lap around the office, go chat with someone. I always work from my office building. I'm there like from Monday to Friday. So, and I try to make sure at least once an hour to take a, again, to give my eyes a break from staring at the screen and to just get my blood moving through my body in between meetings or whatever I have going on. The other thing is I'm trying not to overload on coffee. So I have the fortune of working in an office building with like a kitchen stocked with 
brewed coffee at all times and an espresso machine and just like mass amounts of beverages. And when I'm sitting at my desk, I'm like nursing two to three drinks at all times. I always just love having something to sip on, but I'm trying to not overload on coffee. Like naturally I drink equivalent of two to four shots of espresso a day. So I'm trying to keep an eye on that. I try to always have something like a water or an unsweetened tea or LaCroix or anything other than coffee, especially when it gets past three or 4 p.m. Because I've heard that caffeine has a half-life of something like 12 hours. So it could really mess up my sleep otherwise. You drink your coffee at 11 a.m. Theoretically, at 11 p.m., some of that caffeine is still circulating in your body. I don't know how some people go like six hours of sleep per night. I personally cannot do that. Sleep is is when I recharge. It's when I get my beauty rest. It's the time that my muscles grow stronger too. So getting eight hours of sleep and not just any sleep, but deep, high quality sleep for me is the only way that I know I can perform at a high level in my job. So it comes before anything. And I make sure that what I'm doing during the day and in the evening leading up to when I sleep isn't sabotaging my ability to get high quality sleep. So that includes not drinking coffee too late, not drinking alcohol too late, taking a pill of magnesium before bed. Um, I think I take something like 500 milligrams of magnesium before I go to sleep. I stay off all screens at least 30 minutes before I go to bed. So like I want my phone nowhere near me. I want my laptop closed. And then obviously cannot forget, I do 15 minutes of leg drain, my legs up against the wall to get my muscles relaxed for sleep. I know that a lot of these routines sound psychotic. They sound a bit much. I'm aware of that. But the way I see it, your body and your mind are machines. And if you maintain them well, you can perform at very high levels. But if you neglect them, they will not work properly. And you won't get very far in any area of your life where you're trying to make progress, whether it's career, health, wealth, happiness. I think I tend to frame life in terms of those three things like my three big picture goals in life are health wealth and happiness not necessarily in that order i'm editing just wanted to pop in and ask if you could please rate and review 20 something on apple podcasts I do not do sponsors on the pod, and I would like to keep it that way. The only thing that I ask of you is that you rate, leave a review on the pod. If you don't know what to say, just tell me what your favorite episode is. And if you know someone who you think would find value out of these episodes, send it to them. Send it to your best friend, send it to your mom. Ratings, reviews, and referrals are the main things that help podcasts grow on platforms like this. So it would be a huge help to help me reach more people with the pod. I'm also actively looking for more guests to have on. So if you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on and have something they're an expert about that they can talk about, you can find my email in the show notes. Just send me a quick message and I'd love to chat with you there.